It's first thing Friday and it's time for fix. My weekly newsletter, with the audio version made with Amazon Polly and a synthetic voice. Read the original, with all the links at addictivelondon.com. Fix Insider October 7th. Newth. A Bain study tells us what we all suspected on password sharing, it's huge. The average US consumer pays for 2.93 subscriptions and borrows 1.02 accounts. It's most prevalent amongst the young and those on lower income. How does that get sorted? In their Latam experiments Netflix is using address to define families and Spotify tried something similar a few years back. Is that the answer, or is this just a cost of doing business? One of the reasons this is so prevalent is that people have been used to buying their TV in bundles, rather than having to subscribe to each service. But whilst some talk of streaming bundles the industry doesn't seem keen. But people recognize that it would reduce churn and improve discovery, but would mean lower ARPU. I think it's inevitable but going to take a while. The natural people to do it are the current gatekeepers, Amazon, Roku, Google and, to a lesser extent Apple. A report from Ian Whitaker hints at this, contrasting between those who are cash strong and those who are content strong. But cash wins, whether that is buying sports rights or the next big thing in movies and TV. ITV gambles with launch of new streaming service ITVX weeks before 2022 FIFA World Cup. GB News sheds half its value as Discovery sells off stake, business, the Sunday Times but no mention of talk TV owned by the same owners as the Times. Merchant. In the latest deep dive we looked at what's happening with merchant media and fast last mile, with Walmart featuring heavily. The Google Insight team now future of UK shopping missed the cut but is worth a look especially with insight from Seth Godin. Google should be stronger in retail advertising tan they are and maybe we are seeing them gear up? Another key player show should probably be bigger is Trade Desk, and their CEO thinks their work with Walmart gives them an advantage. The Trade Desk CEO Jeff Green sees a big opportunity in e-commerce advertising. Most of the money there comes from search ads that appear on retailers' websites, an area that the Trade Desk doesn't currently touch, and that's dominated by ad tech firms like Criteo, Citrus ad, and promote IQ. But during an investor presentation on Tuesday, Green claimed e-commerce ads will soon be a $500 billion opportunity, and he expects the trade desk to control most of that. I cover the strength of these firms in the insider deep dive and I think anyone competing with them has their work cut out. They are firmly embedded in driving market growth. We know that Amazon Prime has amazing penetration in upscale homes, particularly in the US but their new initiative Prime Access is aimed at those being helped by the US government so a very different demographic. Good insight from a VC on B2B marketplaces and their huge potential, B2B in the US is worth C$100 trillion. Web3 Like many others, Tim Cook doesn't like the term metaverse, nailing the problem is one of definition, use the phrase and everyone nods, but each has a different definition. I always think it's important that people understand what something is, the Apple CEO told Dutch publication Bright on Friday. And I'm really not sure the average person can tell you what the metaverse is. Cook is focused on augmented reality. I think R is a profound technology that will affect everything, Cook said. Imagine suddenly being able to teach with R and demonstrate things that way. Or medically, and so on. Like I said, we are really going to look back and think about how we once lived without R but the word still gets lots of attention. I think the attraction of Web3 is how new, novel tools can be used to solve old, familiar problems. Yes, there are new business models out there, but they will take time to materiasis. So looking at how Web3 can revitalize loyalty and CRM seems more interesting, like this fashion community try your best. 
the Nike experimentation is paying off, 21 million people have visited the Nike land within the Roblox platform. And this is a good explainer at how brands can use Roblox as the on-ramp. But it's still possible to get things wrong. This Vogue experience feels like a Flash website from 2005. And it seems very similar to the Marnie where we are site from a few months ago. Creative and AI The wave of new AI creativity tools is almost overwhelming. I had the Google tool Imahan pointed out to me this week. Still restricted access but seemingly really powerful. And the meta make a video looks great too. Have the creative industries got their head round these tools yet? In particular it feels like something the agency world should be thinking about. Or having sleepless nights over. How long before Meta hooked their latest toy to ads manager so the ads keep refreshing and the AI sees what is working and optimizes that? MIT suggests we get ready for the next generation of AI and pick up on some of the negatives. It's only going to become harder and harder to know what's real online, and video AI opens up a slew of unique dangers that audio and images don't, such as the prospect of turbocharged deepfakes. Platforms like TikTok and Instagram are already warping our sense of reality through augmented facial filters. AI-generated video could be a powerful tool for misinformation, because people have a greater tendency to believe and share fake videos than fake audio and text versions of the same content, according to researchers at Penn State University. Anyone who watched the excellent BBC drama The Capture understands some of the problems. VC Andrew Chen points out some of the ways these tools disrupt Hollywood and gaming. Whilst I don't think Martin Sorrell was so focused on AI in this interview, but his argument that creativity is enriched by data is right on the money. Plus plus. Remember the obsession with super apps? Everyone wanted to emulate the Chinese and WeChat was the model for Massacroft and others. The FT pointed out the shortcomings of that model last year and interest waned. But Elon remembers and seems to see Twitter as the right raw material. The FT are still skeptical. Microsoft's ad business got a big boom with Netflix. We talked to ads chief Rob Wilk and industry insiders about how it can double its ad revenue to $20 billion. The FT report that TikTok European revenues are up 600%. More on the TikTok SEO opportunity, the split. Even Twitter is copying TikTok scrolling video player, The Verge. Korean tech giant Naver shares slump after acquiring second-hand closed platform Poshmark. Ministers given £930 million to spend on advertising space to tout policies, conservatives, The Guardian. And they plan to ditch GDPR. UK pauses data reform bill to rethink how to replace GDPR. Diseconomies of scale in mobile advertising, mobile dev memo by Eric Sufert. Byron Sharp is ignoring 60 years of published work, contagious. Google to shut Stadia cloud game streaming service. My friends at Audio Harvest are nailing the podcast market and pointed me to this great presentation from my friends at Acast who enable the podcast version of Fix. Lots of good insight into audio and podcasting. Finally, the interesting thing about tech is no longer tech. It's now about developing new business models enabled by tech. Like this fascinating one around the value of second-hand cars in Japan. Last week, using Caro software, SoftBank Mobile launched a service where customers looking for a used car can pay a flat subscription rate to lease and drive one. The AI tailors the fee to the specs, pricing and histories of the cars required, the main challenge being that of matching used cars to customers previously accustomed to buying new. All those bumps and spills that wouldn't have mattered to the valuation of our NOAA before will now be evaluated by artificial intelligence. And SoftBank will take its cut for bringing buyers and sellers together on its platform.